I've never done Botox, but I, I felt after lockdown, I needed Botox. But I said, look it, let's try a fringe first. Yes. And if all this <laughs> I had a fringe for years because I didn't want to get Botox. <laughs> Welcome to Girls With Goals, I'm Neve Mar. Well lads, I am back in my bedroom. Last week, I was in studio. Obviously very safely and social distancedly. Uh, but yeah, no, do you know what? Remote working is the way forward and that's happening now. So I'm back in the old bedroom. So if you do hear any people drilling, it's the workers who work outside my bedroom every single day and have been doing so for months on end. I've got a great show for you today. A little bit later on, we're going to be talking to Sarah Rowe and Avine Garrahy. We've had Sarah Rowe on the show before, back in the day, good while back now, um, but we've never actually had Avine on. We've actually never had any of the Garrahy sisters on the show before, so I'm a massive fan of Avine, have been for years actually. So um, we're, we're talking to both of them about the 20 by 20 campaign. So chapter four has just launched. We've spoken about the 20 by 20 campaign here on the show before, and we've covered it on site. We've been a media partner with the campaign uh, since its inception. So it's, it's a massive deal to us here and the new chapter that it's moving into is really powerful it's about not proving yourself to anybody and actually just moving no proving just moving it's nice and catchy we love that um so yeah it's it's kind of about bringing sport and bringing exercise to everybody because I do feel like sometimes you know it can be elitist it can be well if you're not an elite athlete maybe this isn't directed at you that's all bullshit it's it's about everybody getting up and moving and just feeling a little bit better and I think now more than ever that's really important but before we get into that I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff the amazing stuff that we've been covering on her over the last week and some of the stuff that you guys have been absolutely loving right lads the Leo Varadkar working from home situation. <laughs> I was absolutely blown away by the reaction. So Leo Varadkar tweeted during the week, setting up my new home working station. The government wants remote working to become part of the new normal. If done right, the benefits will be huge, reduce business costs, better work-life balance, especially for parents, less traffic, lower emissions, and time saved on the commute. Okay, fair. Lovely. There's a lovely picture attached as well of his Dell computer and all that kind of jazz. So we put this out on our Instagram as a native post and the caption was quite simple. Come back to us after four months of Zoom calls and we'll talk. I thought this was innocent enough. No big deal. But anyway, our audience out there, you lovely people, really reacted to that. A lot of the reaction that was coming in, you know, was must say for kids, free people working from home is amazing. To be honest, I feel sorry for anyone stuck at home with kids and trying to work that was one comment in another comment it will also result in a huge loss in jobs what about the small businesses bars restaurants coffee shops creches etc that surround and depend on these companies and their employees to keep their business going that was another comment that was left another comment working full-time with six three and one-year-olds it's been nothing short of a nightmare I didn't know so many parents were following us it's really good to know and then some other comments I believe two to three days working at home would be great people can grab lunch in their local community or even a coffee and a walk it will actually promote local communities during the week and a healthier happier lifestyle I'm all for it wherever and whenever possible so 
a mixed reaction um another comment that kind of stood out to me not sure about this leah real social interaction is essential for the human spirit so look i get what the government are doing they're bringing in remote working which is you know what we're all doing at the moment but i do think that after four months of people working from home you know we have a bit more of a handle over what it means for us and we have a bit more of a handle over the fact that yes there are some elements of it that are great you know you can work in your pajama bottoms if you want to but you know like that last person who commented there it's the little social interactions that you'd miss you know you'd miss just saying hello to the guy who gives you the coffee in the morning you know you'd miss actually here's a funny story there's a man who works in, I don't know whether it's just a car park or, anyway, people drive into it. It's an underground car park thing, must be attached to a, a building. But I, I used to walk by it every single day on my way to work from the Lewis. And we literally just have one of those naughty, hello, pleasantry kind of relationships. It's just a, it's a nod, it's a hi, how are you? Oh, this weather, can you believe the rain? Usually that kind of stuff. Around Christmas, we'd say happy Christmas to each other. Do you know those kind of human interactions that, like, I don't know this man's name, but it's just nice to see people. So, um, yeah, there was massive reaction to that post. And uh, I'm sure that Leo Varadkar, with the amount of reach that it got, I'm sure that he saw it as well. And maybe he might rethink the fact that, you know, for a lot of people, this has been the reality for months and months. And although it will definitely save costs, and although that is really important, you know, there's a little bit of sensitivity. We've been doing it for a long time. Um, another post and another story that we actually, this was a story that we ran on site. Um, it was about a Harry Potter Roscommon Airbnb. So <laughs> like, this is written by Melissa Carson, one of our writers for her and her family. I didn't know that this exists. Yes, really, there's a Harry Potter Airbnb for rent. Staycation, here we come. Full story on her.ie and the link is in the bio. Well, I mean, not to quote directly from Melissa, but talk about a magical weekend away. So obviously more and more of us are taking staycations and basically draped which is obviously magic. Draeacht House in Boyle in County Roscommon is the perfect breakaway stay for any Harry Potter fan with rooms decorated in the style of the different Hogwarts houses. I mean, stop and lots of other nods to the popular series throughout the decor. You'll feel like you're in one of the movies. We got such amazing reaction to this story. I would imagine trying to get a place in that Harry Potter Airbnb is, well, you'd be lucky. Let's just say that. The reaction was absolutely massive, but nice. You know, it's nice to stay local and support everybody can do with a little bit of magic in their life as well why not right I'm going to introduce my first guest now Avon Garrahy is known oh she's known for many things she's known for Bio. she's known for being one third of the most famous sisters in Ireland the Garrahy sisters she's also known for being an actor for being a mother uh, she's doing incredible work at the moment and I caught up with her earlier in the week to talk about the work that Little are doing uh, with the 20 by 20 movement but of course I also had to ask about her new fringe because she cut in a fringe and everybody went mental for it so I had to ask her about her hair as well it looks great it looks great take a listen right so we're recording now so we'll just we'll just crack into it so Avian, thank you so much for for joining us today and, and giving us your time we're going to talk about the incredible uh, little moves for 20 by 20 in a little bit. Um, but first off, I have to ask you, how have you been getting on in lockdown? What has life been like for you for the last few months? 
to be honest, her family has kept me going because <laughs> yes, because honestly, it's like you read my mind every day. It's brilliant. I love all of the stuff you've been posting. It's it's so true. The majority of it, um, and you know, I even have friends who have older kids. And uh, my sister-in-law, who has a teenager, you put up something so funny with a, a, a suit of armor. It was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to meet my teenager this morning. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Look, at, I, uh, I'm like everybody else. Um, you know, we're just taking each day as it comes. And uh, it hasn't been without its challenges. But I think um, I'm, I'm trying to adopt a glass half full approach to all of this. And, and uh and you know, err on the the side of positivity as much as possible. Look, nobody's going to come out of this unscathed. You know, no matter what your situation is, uh, whether you're in business or, or you know whatever state your health is in. I think everybody has found this to be uh, slightly overwhelming, but um, we've learned a lot, and uh, and there's certainly lovely little nuggets that we can take from it. Absolutely, definitely. I have to say, like you know, watching watching your profile and watching the post that you put up about your ridiculously adorable kids, like it just <laughs> I'm every time I, I see them, I, I show my boyfriend Insta. I'm like, look, we have to make one now, right now. Um, but I have to say, one of the highlights for me was the um, patience challenge. That that you did with Honora. Oh my God. Like she smashed it, Avon. She absolutely nailed it. And I haven't seen anybody else of her age do it. Like, so she's wise beyond her years, it would seem. Were yeah, you surprised? We, we did it um, a, a few weeks before her second birthday. So she's, um, look, I, look, I think she's there, to be honest. I think, <laughs> um, I think we've got another there in the family. And, uh, and so I can't really take credit for it. She's just a character. Like, um, She's just, and she's got great observation skills. And Diren was the same way growing up. You know, she'd spot, she'd spot uh, like a personality in like a door. I don't know. Like she used to see a car coming towards us. I remember when we were younger and you know, the way the lights are in certain cars, some of them are like happy lights. The, the, yeah. the, kind of the eyes go, or the lights go up and she used to see them as eyes and some of them are sad and she used to say to mom that car is so sad because she used to think the lights were kind of shaped downwards and she just sees things in yeah nor is a bit like that but uh look we've had some great times uh over the past few months and you know real quality time that we'll never get back again you know and um poor Levon has been our little lockdown baby she like without FaceTime and without, you know, Zoom and all, she wouldn't, she wouldn't know her relatives. She wouldn't know Nan and Grandad. I'm up in Dublin now, uh, right. because obviously we're doing all of this. And, um, you know, she's not making strange with, with mom and dad because of FaceTime, because yeah. of technology. And uh, she's only eight months, but, you know, even at four months, five months, she was in front of the screen um, getting to know Nan and Grandad through the lens, really. And, uh, and it helped. It really helped. And, and now they're together and it's lovely to see. Yeah, I'd say that must have been hard for the extended family as well, because I know that like obviously you used to live in Dublin. So um, I'd say that was tough for the Nana and Grandad, of course, because Leavon was so young. But what an incredible story to be able to tell her when she grows up, you know, something that that nobody has really experienced before, you know, and she got mom and dad and sister all to herself for four months straight. <laughs> Totally. And look, I, I was breastfeeding and, and with Nora, you know, I was, I, I was happy to breastfeed, but at the same time, you're, you're trying to like, I obviously work for myself. So you're trying to work at the same time. You're trying to juggle, you're tearing around. It was a lot. It was a lot. And, and, you know, I was pumping and you're trying to keep it all going. And it was, 
it was stressful. Uh, this time, you know, it has just felt so much easier because we've just had time to be, yeah. just to be, you know, and, and uh, time together, present, like totally present in that situation and in that moment. And, uh, and you know, and that was a blessing. It really was. And, and she's all the happier for it. She's, uh, you know, such a placid baby. And um, yeah, we've been blessed. We really have. Amazing. It's, it's interesting there when you said about like working for yourself as well. I have to do a shout out to my friend, Amy DeVroon's podcast, A Year of the Selfie podcast. I know you appeared on it recently as well. Um, amazing. She's incredible. Yeah. And just speaking of your work, I, I noticed, and if anybody hasn't listened to it, you should go and listen to it because it's a great episode. And that podcast series in general is really fascinating about creatives during a time like this and just something that you never would have experienced before. But, you know, a lot of articles and a lot of things always refer to you as, you know, actor, actress. Uh, and you said that it does kind of make you cringe a little bit and your skin, I think I'm quoting you now that your skin crawls when someone calls you an actor. Can you tell our audience what you mean by that? that I just found yeah. that so interesting. That sounds silly and, and maybe out of context, it sounds a bit mad, but um, look, yes, I, I trained to be an actor and yes, I, I worked in the industry for, for a number of years, maybe 10 years and, and um, you know, and yes, I probably still am an actor, I suppose, but, but it, it, when I see it written now, because I haven't physically acted in a while, I haven't hung up the boots, you know, I, I suppose it's something that I hope I, down the line I, I will go back to. But yeah. for now, I have parked it, certainly. And so when I see, you know, when I see now my name and, and, and beside it, that title, I think, yeah. you know, I'm not worthy or I don't deserve it because I haven't I haven't worked as an actor for, for a length of time. And it makes, it makes I, total I suppose sense. I think about I, I think about my peers who, who are and, uh, you know, are, are so dedicated to their craft and, uh and I think, you know, they would probably be thinking, well, you know, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose there's a bit of that. Look, there's imposter syndrome in all of us, isn't there? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But I know a lot of, a lot of our audience um, love the Fair City days and can't wait for you to make a comeback with that as well <laughs> soon. Maybe when the kids are a little bit older, though, as well. Um, yeah. Speaking about like some of the work that you do now, you know, like Bio obviously is um, is is massively successful, and I think it's an an incredible achievement that you've all kind of done together, um, you and your sisters as well. Just especially with the road shows, a good few of my friends have actually been to them and just rave reviews. And then obviously moving into lockdown, you know, like moving into kind of more audio platforms and stuff I think it really fits in with this whole campaign of just you know no proving just moving and and kind of getting that message across about how it makes you feel as as a woman in particular and um, but for you I mean speaking about the 20 by 20 campaign and, and the little moves campaign in particular how important is exercise for you when it comes to your well-being yeah, let me just talk about the synergy because um, this was just right up my alley for a number of reasons. Um, Lidl have been champions of women in sport for a long time and, and they were the sponsors of, of, of the women Gaelic football players and, and um, you know, the main sponsors there. And then this whole initiative, the 20 by 20 initiative was something that we could all get behind. Um, and with Bio, uh, Yes, it's, it's been the message that we've been trying to pump out for a long time that, you know, people need to, despite how uh, it makes you look, how it makes you feel is, is, is far more important. Um, and, and, you know, encouraging women to put their own 
self-care and, and well-being to the fore and not burning the candle at, at both ends and, and running themselves into the ground and putting themselves down that list of priorities, you know. And the message was always that you can't serve from an empty vessel and it's not selfish, you know, to, to, to put your self-care first. But um, this year in particular, when they launched the 20 by 20 initiative, I was like, this is something we need to get behind. We need to see more women in sport. We need to champion women. And it was going to be the year of the woman. And, and we were going to see 20% more of her on TV and in our ears and on our screens. And then the rug was pulled out from under it. But before COVID hit, Bio decided to sponsor the Clare football team and we were their sponsors this year and we were going to be there you know on the jerseys and we were going to see see Bio in lights because the ladies were going to be on the screens more and it was going to be fantastic and of course that was um, Lidl's, Lidl's uh, sponsorship as well with the, the ladies in football so it was all going to come together beautifully and then COVID hit yeah. and no more than everything else um, you know it's kind of it's had to take a little bit of a back seat but this campaign is so timely because as we now emerge, as we now come out of lockdown, uh, you know, scarred, slightly scarred. No one, as I mentioned earlier, is coming out unscathed. Um, we need to tread softly, but anything that's going to help us um, in terms of our, our mental and our physical well-being, I'm all for. And what's beautiful about, about Lidl Moves 20 by 20 is that uh, it's tentative and, you know, there are baby steps and it's about habit forming. And it's going to take 20 days to, to kind of form those habits, those healthy habits. So when, you know, we reach day 20, uh, that'll be our new normal because we'll have given ourselves this time gradually, really gradually. Uh, it starts on Monday, the 13th of July. Uh, on Sunday night, you know, people can, can check in and say, right, what's the plan for this week? And what's lovely is you can keep mixing it up. I'm going to start with dancing, uh, which is exciting because I haven't danced since Dancing with the Stars. Oh, wow. uh, so it'd be nice to, to put one foot in front of the other again and, and see, you know, if there's any muscle there that remembers <laughs> anything. I can't imagine it does, to be honest. But uh, we'll give it a go. And yeah, all the videos online, you know, there's stuff there for beginners, no matter what your level of fitness is. There's intermediate levels then as well. And uh, and there's lots, like, you know, there's yoga, there's, there's running, there's dancing, there's cycling there's you know something there for everyone and whether you're postpartum or you've never put on a pair of runners before in your life it doesn't matter this is this is for one and all absolutely and just kind of honing in there on the the healthy habits that you were talking about was there anything for you personally and your family that was like a lifesaver during lockdown like a lot of people obviously were walking but then of course everybody got sick of walking so people were doing <laughs> yoga and then there was a little bit of pilates i mean i firmly believe that moving you know really does help you it energizes you i've never exercised and not felt better afterwards and that's kind of my key thing even though at times you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to yeah. you don't want to go for a run but was there any kind of um yeah i suppose kind of exercise or or thing that you did in particular in lockdown that uh, that really helped you along yeah what what killed me was like the past year i've been sea swimming and uh, and that's my therapy and uh, while I live half an hour from the sea, I don't live two kilometers or five kilometers from the sea. Right. So, so I was deprived of that. Then I discovered three kilometers from my house was a beautiful lake that I could swim in. So wow. it wasn't the sea. It wasn't the sea, but it was a lake and the weather was great. So, so that's what I did. And I discovered a hidden gem that I never knew about. Um, and I suppose it was, it was forcing us to get creative. Uh, sport was one thing and exercising. And then, you know, I, I was painting like a lot of people, they, they took to art. I also took to, to poetry. 
refractory recitations, which is something that I always loved and I had kind of parked for a long time. And uh, so I re-immersed myself in the power of words and that was really healing for me when, when I, I, I needed it. I really did. And then I, I started to record them in my wardrobe and we put them up for, for yeah. Pio. And, it was beautiful. Um, and they got I love those. Fun. Yeah, they, it was really, really yeah, so stunning. So look, at, I think it did, it did force people to get, to get creative and think outside the box. Definitely. The sea swim, I have to say, I was speaking to Sarah Rowe there during the week as well. And she said that sea swimming was something for her too. It seems to be medicine, like magic medicine for people, as in when you get in and get out, because that's probably the only amount of time I see a dunk and that's it for me, because I don't, I don't really like being that cold. And although the weather is fantastic, like it's freezing, right? It has to be absolutely freezing. Well, there's no such thing as, as, as bad weather. I think there's no such thing as, as, as freezing water. It's just bad gear. I invested in great booties and uh, and the gloves and they were a game changer oh. and i have a roby now as well that i throw on straight away after and i don't get cold but the, the, the you lose a lot of heat through your hands and your feet and mm. i saw the kind of seasoned pros that were swimming right through the winter and and uh, you know january february seagoers and i thought uh, what's their secret they all had these booties and little little hand gloves so i invested and i've never looked back Amazing. Okay. <laughs> the amount of women and people, men included, that I've spoke to about sea swims and not one of them has told me that. So I'm just going to go and get the right yeah, gear and that might actually change There's everything. A Absolutely. <laughs> um, Avian, thank you so much for taking the time and speaking to us about this incredible campaign. And right before you go, I just have to ask as well, because our audience want to know the bangs, the bangs, the bangs. Oh God. Yeah. Big I'm still getting used to it. Look, um, I've never done Botox, but I, I felt after lockdown, I needed Botox, but I said, look at, let's try a fringe first. Yes. And all it <laughs> I had a fringe for years because I didn't want to get Botox. <laughs> so look, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, that's, I, I definitely aged 20 years. So this was my, my solution and we'll see how it goes. It's driving me a little bit mad, but look, maybe it's just cause I'm not used to it. It suits you. It looks great. Thank you so much, Avon. We really appreciate it. Avon Garrahy there. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Aside from, of course, the incredible 20 by 20 messaging that we're getting across, have to say a couple of other things that I took from that interview. Delighted to hear that Avian is a her family supporter. Love to see it. And aside from that, I can't believe that the fringe... Botox situation is out of the bag. I had a fringe for years in order to avoid the inevitable, which was, of course, Botox. But you look it. Some of us have it. Some of us don't. We all get on with our life and it's grand. Right, moving on now. I'm going to leave you with this final interview with Gaelic football legend Sarah Rowe, AFLW star, winner of the AFLW Irish Player of the Year. She's doing incredible work. She had to come home in March, actually, from Australia because of the coronavirus. So we caught up and we, we spoke about, you know, how she's been managing as an athlete during lockdown, not being able to train as much as she would like, what has kept her sane, hashtag sea swim, and also of course the crucial 20 by 20 messaging that we're trying to get out there today so please enjoy the interview thank you as always for listening and we will chat to you next week so Sarah Rowe thank you so much for talking to me we're going to talk a little bit about the latest chapter in the 20 by 20 movement You've got your t-shirt on, so you're all raring to go and talk about it. So no proving, just moving. Um, but first, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you've been getting on. How has lockdown been for you 
as an athlete? Yeah, it's been different, I suppose, but um, it's been an enjoyable one in some ways. Um, I've got to spend loads of time with my family and, you know, that's precious time that I'll never get back. So I've, I really enjoyed that side of things. And, you know, to have that kind of mental break from training as well is something I never had before. So to have that kind of switch off point has been really nice and to be, you know, getting out and doing my training, but also being able to be active and do things that I wouldn't normally be able to do, like, climbing mountains with my sisters or my cousins or things like that and you know going for cycles like things that I wouldn't do normally during season so it's been nice to have that extra bit of time to do other things yeah and I mean like it's incredible to think about the things that you know people have been able to do in this unexpected downtime and I feel like that's really true for athletes because like you said you know it's such a strict training regime for people who are professional athletes. And I know for you, like the AFLW, it, it kind of, it stopped suddenly in March due to the coronavirus. And then of course you probably had to deal with the decision of whether you were going to stay or whether you were going to come home. So how was that whole process for you? Yeah, it was one, I suppose when I was over there at the start and all this was kicking off in Ireland, I didn't really understand the extent of it because things weren't kicking off in Australia. So it, it took for me to, I suppose, see it myself to, to really understand. I wasn't really panicking at the start, but and then when my flight started to get cancelled, I was like, okay, I better get home as quick as possible. But at the same time, I was like, if I get caught over there, I'll deal with it. You know, it was unforeseen for everyone. I was going to have to deal with whatever situation I was placed with. But I was fortunate, fortunate enough to actually get on a flight and get home. I, I thought I'd never get home. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I suppose as well, kind of just going back to what you've been doing during this time. And obviously, you know, there's there's been strict restrictions in place. And so like that obviously takes into account gyms and training and all that kind of stuff as well. I mean, like speaking from an athlete's point of view, um, was there a sense of relief or does that ever come into it? Because I know that, you know, a lot of athletes feel very pressured when they miss that training regime. So for you, because there was no option but to take a step away, the same with lots of other athletes and across different industries, how, how was dealing with that, you know, from a mental health kind of aspect? Yeah, I think when, like, if, say it was just you and you were the only one who couldn't train like if you get an injury or something I think that's far more challenging than when you know everyone is in the same position and we're all kind of trying to do the best we can with the resources we have it did definitely take out that kind of pressure element side of things now I did continue to train I took maybe one week off running but I still continue to rehab and I suppose work on my weaknesses in that week as well and just but that was a mental switch off for me not having to run I suppose for that week that I took off so um, it, it was nice to have that kind of mental break definitely and to take out the real pressure of performance and you know it was kind of unknown as to when you would get back so it was like just make sure that you tip away, maintain what you have. And, you know, when you get a kind of set date to put your head down then and make sure to train hard and um, enjoy, I suppose, the other things in life that you might not have got to enjoy um, otherwise while staying, you know, a small bit focused. But it, it was nice to not have, I suppose, that pressure um, on you. It was an unusual feeling, I suppose. It's kind of all I've known. But um, from a mental health standpoint, 
point of view, I suppose when I was over in Australia, I actually studied life coaching, hypnosis and NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. So it's all about the way we think and the way we think determines the way we act and then that determines the way we feel. So I'm very conscious of the way my mind works and the reason I studied that is a few years ago, I went to a life coach myself and she, she really changed the way I view things. So um, I wanted to see, you know, I suppose, understand it more and then be able to help others. And I really enjoy that kind of having one-on-one conversations with people and, you know, coming from kind of a, I suppose, a non-judgmental, curious point of view and um, more so than anything. So I think I really understand the way my mind works. And I was very conscious of it throughout COVID that, you know, I decide how I I want to think about this and I I saw it as you know an opportunity and you know it was it was tough what was going on around the place and it was it was hard to see that for other people especially the healthcare workers um, and all that they were going through but um, I suppose I could only control me and the way I thought about the situation so that I tried to do as best I could. Yeah it's so interesting as well when you're talking about kind of understanding your own feelings because what you mentioned there about the pressure to perform it's something that we've spoken about you know to a lot of women throughout this um throughout this pandemic essentially you know just that pressure to perform has been almost heightened by the fact that we're all left our own devices for a certain amount of time and it can bring a lot of pressure as well so understanding that mindset that it's okay to maybe slow down a little bit but then make sure that you're focusing on yourself is so crucial. And um, just slightly away from, you know, sport, uh, I wanted to ask about things that you've been doing during the lockdown in terms of like reading books or podcasts or watching things. I mean, I have read everything in my house. That's it. Like it's all done. So I have to start buying new books. But like, did you get the opportunity to really kind of do things away from your sport and, and stuff like that? And what are some of the favorite things that you've consumed that had nothing to do with sports during lockdown um yeah well i really enjoy i suppose going for like swims and beach and things like that so i did a good bit of that um i also did listen to like a lot of podcasts and read books but like for me reading books is like I rather actually audio books so that I'm kind of walking and moving at the same time. I'm like, I'm educating myself and I'm on the move. Yeah. And I really enjoyed things and kind of looking around me and taking everything in. I think I, what I noticed is I saw so much more things that I never saw before, even in my, like, you know, down at the end of my road, there's a lovely river. And I was like, wow, like I'm from such a lovely place. And like that, that appreciation was far greater over the last few weeks. And, you know, things I just never saw before, even though they're right in front of my doorstep. So I really appreciated that getting out for walks and um, also being around my family. But in terms of books, like, like I said, I'm so into the mind and the way, the way we think. So I was listening to, you know, one that's quite relevant to the 2020 campaign, but um, Atomic Habits about, you know, starting habits and maintaining them and, and, like just making sure that you know you start small and you build on that for your 21 days or whatever and that's where I suppose the little moves campaign as well comes into where there's going to be a platform for all that to start and maintain a habit so that was one I list I watched what other book and um, the James Smith it's not a diet book I think that's oh, a yeah. really good one as well that's a great it's one just like, it just takes out, I think like as well like the more I've started to work in this field as well I realized that a lot of people have kind of you know an emotional attachment to food versus like um 
versus just like, oh, I, I eat really bad food. I'm like, do you ever tune into the way you feel when you want to eat loads of bad food or you binge on loads of bad food? It's more so like, ask yourself the question, like, how am I? What's going on? Did someone say something to me that set me off here? Or like tuning into that internal dialogue. So I thought that was a really good book as well. Yeah. And I also, and then High Performance Habits is another one that I've been listening to. So they're all kind of sports mind related. That makes and total sense though, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. That is my interest. That's what I love. Yeah. And um, so, other than that, then just a few podcasts and get doing a bit of small bit of cooking, baking. Nice. All yeah, I, really I think it's really interesting what you said there about kind of habits because that's you know one of the things that stood out to me with this the latest chapter with the twenty by twenty movement is you know no proving and just moving and you know why I really sat up and kind of paid attention to this. Um, I mean, all the chapters have, of course, been fantastic and it's all with an incredible goal in mind. But I think that this really talks to people and, you know, women of all ages that potentially, you know, sport isn't their uh, kind of first port of call or it hasn't been something that they've played for their entire life. And so there's a little bit of, you know, potentially anxiety about starting something new. But that's what's great about this. It's actually about internalizing it more and being like, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. It's actually about how you feel. Did that resonate with you? Yeah, 100%. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, one of my cousins said to me, and um, he said, like, we went out for a run one day and he's like, thanks for giving me the confidence to go out and run. I was like, that's really interesting that you say confidence. I was like, just talk to me a bit more about that. I, he was just like, I was just never sporty growing up. And I like, I never thought that I could kind of do what you do or what anyone else is. And I was like, that's amazing. I was like, I, it was really interesting to hear his perspective on it because he said he needed the confidence to exercise. And I was like, it's just actually a part of life more so. And it's kind of just a lifestyle thing. It's, it's not about competing. It's not about beating someone else. It's all about how, you know, we can just do small things that can have a rippling effect on our day. It's like, it's nearly a sense of like self-love that you give yourself. It's giving yourself that time and space that you come back and then you come into your working day or you go to bed that night, you probably sleep better and you probably work better if you've given yourself that time and space to kind of come back and be able to reflect on, you know, things that are important to you. You find out an awful lot. You find out a lot about yourself even when you go exercise. It's just like that time where you really tune into yourself. So I think it's, it's very important to know that it's, it's not just about your athlete it's about just a, a lifestyle change it's just like eating healthy or drinking water like it's the same thing it's it's not a big deal but it's important that we change our view on the way we see exercise it doesn't have to be vigorous it's whatever way you see it and whatever way you know like I said it could be going for a walk listening to a podcast educating yourself going walking to get a coffee which is you know a reward at the end of it or enjoying the scenes around you like there's so many different ways that you can view it um, yeah. and I think that's the important you know and there's one of those things like you know in the video that um we published it across our sites you know when this next chapter was launched and what I loved about it was that at the very beginning there's a woman who's like I'm not in the mood to run but I have yet to meet somebody who has done a bit of exercise or moved not even like go to the gym or lift weights or anything mad like that like even just like you said going for a walk and not felt better afterwards like yeah. if you're if you're thinking about whether or not you want to do something or not like it's proper proven that you will actually just feel a little bit better and like you said sleep better afterwards so it can be 
the biggest thing in the world to you or it can be the smallest thing in the world to you, but it really will make you feel better. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with this messaging, right? Yeah, definitely. It's like when I wake up and I don't want to go for a walk or a run or whatever, and I'm just like inside my head being like, oh no, please, like not today. You're not able for it today. I'm like, I say to myself, what, what, how will I feel after it? And knowing that my mood will impact other people's and I know that my mood will be better after exercise. So I say I can give more of myself to others once I do exercise and I, you know, give myself that time and space. So it is like that whole me time that I love and it's, it's nearly crucial to my day because then I can give more to others. So it's like, you know what, some people might see it as, oh, well, I don't have time and, you know, I have to give time. It, it's important to give yourself time as well. And exercise is the perfect way to do that. And like, that it could be dancing with your kids in the garden it could be cycling your bike it could be doing yoga and stretching whatever it looks like for you and um, and whatever you can think you can sustain for life as well because it's not about starting something and not maintaining it it's about changing you know your habit for life Absolutely. And not about proving as well. So I'm going to let you go now, Sarah, because I know that we're on a bit of a time crunch. But before I let you go, tell me, um, oh, by the way, I meant to say congratulations. You won like AFLW Irish Player of the Year for the last campaign. So congratulations to that. Are you absolutely itching to get back now? Tell me about what you're looking forward to next for you. And um, thank you very much. And <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose my team did a lot now. They helped me out an awful lot over um, the last couple of months. But I, my biggest thing is now I'm going back. I've been back a week playing with my club and I'm just enjoying so much. It's, you know, it's where I started and it's where I'll finish. So I'm just enjoying being back there. And, you know, our first game starts in like three weeks time. So, you know, it's all guns blazing from now until then. So I'm just going to put all my focus into that and then um, Mayo next. So we'll take it from there after that. Absolutely. So excited to see you back on the pitch as well. Sarah Rowe, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you.